0: Hello, and welcome to 5 to 1, a minute-to-minute podcast review of Zack Snyder's director's cut of the Justice League. I'm Harry Slack, and with me as always is my longtime associate, Ben Smolin. Ben, how are you today?
1: I'm doing all right, Harry. That's
0: good to hear. I'm sorry to rush you, but unfortunately I have to make an apology about our last episode, and we have to handle some housekeeping before we can begin. For any new listeners, if you would like to know what the show is all about, I will direct you to the first minute and a half of any of our previous episodes. I'm sorry to say that while editing our last episode, it came to my attention that Ben's review time was six seconds under his allotment. To rectify this egregious error, he will be given six seconds, taken from the usual allotted time for our introduction, to finish his response to, the, uh, to minute four of the Mr. Snyder cut of Justice League, which is not the film's true title, but rather a lighthearted moniker that Ben and I used to save some time here and there. So Ben, with that said, I am sorry for this mistake, and the floor is yours for six seconds to respond to minute four.
1: I liked that the villain seemed to be surrounded by things that looked like the pin toys that you would get from the nature store that you would leave your impression on. That's why I liked minute four. And that's all the time you were owed.
0: Order has been restored. Now that that's out of the way, Ben and I have just watched minute five of Zack Snyder's director's cut of Justice League, and we will now each have two and a half minutes to respond in any way that seems appropriate to the minute we have just seen. Since time is a precious resource that must not be wasted, we will be sticking to the two and a half minute mark very strictly, so please excuse us if we interrupt each other.
1: That said, Ben, the floor is yours for two and a half minutes. Great, thank you. Um, all right, so minute five, this was a rather dull minute, and I guess this is the first time during this process where it's dawning on me how many minutes are left in the film, mm. and I'm a bit concerned. Just um, like, man, I hope we don't have more minutes like this one because, man, nothing happened. Yeah. You know, so like minute five. OK, what 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 do we have? We, so we go straight into the ocean and apparently there are a bunch of Aquamen. Um, yeah. And they also have a cyborg box that they're keeping. Mm-hmm. Um, And I went, all right, that's cool. So it's like an infinity stone type thing from Marvel. And like the cyborg box is going off for them. And that's. Clearly distressing them and whatever disaster is, is happening is because, you know, somebody accessed these cyborg boxes and is turning them on. I have to think it's probably Jesse Eisenberg um, mm-hmm. uh, from Zombieland. Yeah. Like, I, I have to think that he's the one who is behind. He hacked into the boxes somehow. Yeah. Um. Oh, and this also reminded me – I know that in a previous podcast I said I had only seen Man of Steel in the first Wonder Woman, but this minute reminded me that I had also fallen asleep during Aquaman on a plane once. Oh, um, no. But I do remember not liking it. Okay. <laughs> so bad stuff. Um, towards the end of the minute, I think we're moving into Amazonia, Wonder Woman land. And I like that if only because it seems to be sunny there and everywhere else so far was so dark. So I liked seeing the sky. And my favorite part of this minute is that the credits told me that both Jeremy Irons and Diane Lane are in this film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like both of them. And I thought that was neat. Uh, and this reminded me of Jeremy Irons being the bad guy in Die Hard 3 mm. and how terrible it is that he is found in Die Hard 3 because he has migraines. And uh, Bruce Willis, like, uses his information on his pill bottle to, like, track him down. And how like, that is, like, the dumbest thing in the history of, like, good guy catching bad guy. But I don't hold that against Jeremy Irons. And I don't hold that against Diane Lane, of course. I'm just pro both of them. And so hopefully, like, we get some of them soon. Because this minute, like I said, was, ooh, nothing going on. Least favorite minute so far in the film. Um, And I hope Amazonia, if that's where we're headed, uh, gives us a, a kick in the guts a little mm-hmm. bit to to get things going again okay. because uh- mm-hmm. Oh boy, did I uh, Yeah, and you know The thing about Jeremy Irons Like, you, you know He also played Scar Which is interesting That's I don't true, think many ben, people Know that he stop voiced you there. Scar That's all the Lion time King? Uh,
0: You have allotted today uh, The floor is now mine Alright, so uh, Yes, I am in agreement I'm a little worried Again, it's the uh, The Superman screams I want to clarify something Because I, I think You and I have a, a Plot disagreement mm. Off the bat Which is that I think you think That Jesse Eisenberg Is somehow controlling Jesse Eisenberg Writer of the spoilers of course um that you think he is somehow controlling these boxes and it, I, i'm not saying that's entirely wrong it just seems very clear to me that the boxes are being activated by superman's death scream interesting uh, and so you can hear still the you know the voice of henry cavill you know echoing and reverberating all around the world it's the it's the scream heard round the world is is what i'm i'm calling this um Uh, And my that's my that's going to get me to my first criticism of this minute, which is that if it is the case that the scream of Superman is activating the cyborg boxes, fine, I'm in great. Maybe there's Lex Luthor's plan is to to get those activated. Um, Here's my problem. Sound moves. Uh, at different rates in different densities, mm-hmm. and so the underwater box could not be activated by a scream made by air. It just it doesn't hold, right? He would have to be dying underwater in order to have the same audio effect on the box that it would have in Cyborg's closet, right? Cyborg's closet makes perfect sense. It needs to be activated by Superman's death scream. You know, you're in the same density, uh, environment, but when you go underwater, then that's not, it just, the, uh, sound moves differently through solids and liquids than it does through gas. So it's incoherent on its face. And that's, that's my main criticism of this minute. I will say, I agree with you. It's still, I'm ready for, uh, Anything to happen. Um, I'm wondering if like people should stop doing credits because I'm getting the sense that this all is only happening because they need to write the actors names. And it's like, I am. That's fine. I just I'm not. I don't really care. Um, Another unidentified lady in this minute. uh, And she's an underwater lady this time. I think that's Amber Uh, Heard. Amber Heard, great. Uh, Still, as somebody who does not know any of these movies, it's just they're throwing wet, unidentified ladies at me uh, nonstop in these first five minutes. Harry, I'm going to have to cut you off. I would just love to know who I am. I'm going to have to cut you off right there. We're out of time. Okie dokie. Well, that's all the time we have for reviews today. If you enjoy this podcast, please take the time to subscribe, rate, review, or otherwise support this project. If you're looking for a way to enhance this podcast experience, feel free to watch along with us on your own. Uh, Just be sure to start when it says the aspect ratio. That's when we're starting our timers. And make sure to avoid spoilers by not skipping ahead. Please join us next time when we will be reviewing Minute 6 of 242 of Zack Snyder's director's cut of Justice League. Or as we sometimes call it, the Mr. Snyder Cut of Justice League. Goodbye.